It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, how's it going? It's your boy Sosa Kremenges, a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host of the Locked On Rams podcast your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Welcome back to another post-game Monday edition of the Locked on Rams podcast. Thank you guys for joining me once again. And this time, it was a little bit more somber of a mood in a game as opposed to their Week 11 contest as the Los Angeles Rams dropped and lost a game to the San Francisco 49ers by a score of 23-20 to where the 49ers hit a game-winning field goal. And unfortunately for the Rams, their record is now 7-4, and four, and they do drop to second in the NFC West with the Seattle Seahawks playing on Monday Night Football and now taking the lead with a 7-3 and three record. So unfortunately for the Rams, they are now no longer the second seed in the NFC, though there is still a lot of football left to play. There's still a lot of weeks, a lot of time left to, for things to change. You know, now the Seahawks do have a much simpler schedule moving forward. So they're probably far more likely to finish with that first, you know, NFC West spot and potentially a second seed in the NFC, maybe even a first place in the NFC. So so things are looking much better for the Seahawks than for the Rams, who still have a couple of tough teams to play on the schedule with, you know, still two games against the Cardinals and one against the Seahawks, as well as some other teams like the Patriots. But we're not going to get into all that just yet. We've got to talk about this game. It is a post-game recap for the Sunday contest between the Rams and the 49ers. And it was not a pretty game for the Rams at all, specifically on the offensive side of the ball. You look at quarterback Jared Goff, who only went 19 of 31 with 198 passing yards, two interceptions. He had another touchdown that essentially was wide open to Daryl Henderson on a swing pass up the left sideline that he simply overthrew. Uh, He just did not look good in this game. He was very, very shaky from start to end. Not pretty. Another fumble as well that he lost. It was not good on on a scramble and a rushing attempt where I don't know what he was trying to do, why he tried to juke out a safety in Jimmy Ward who who was not juked out at all and uh, forced a very simple fumble. And that was entering scoring range as well, which potentially took more points off the board. So Jared Goff throws a pick six, two turnovers plus that fumble. So three turnovers total, not even 200 yards passing, just an ugly performance, inaccurate, Not good. Left a lot of points off the board. Gave the 49ers points directly by way of a pick six. It was a forgettable performance. A very bad one. And the 49ers continue to prove that they have the upper hand when it comes to Jared Goff and the Rams offense and Sean McVay's offense. And unfortunately for the Rams, they put together a terrible performance in this game. 
and their quarterback did not make things any easier. He looked skittish. He looked unconvincing. And man, a lot of fans are questioning whether he's the guy right now. And, you know, I understand, but at the end of the day, this kind of stuff happens, man. Sometimes good weeks are going to come by. And we've seen it last week in week 11 when he outdueled a Hall of Famer in Tom Brady. And, you know, this week now he's outplayed by Nick Mullins, who might be the worst quarterback in football. So, uh, unfortunately, these things happen. The Rams need to get this figured out ASAP, why the 49ers continue to have their number. The 49ers obviously swept them this season now, going 2-0 against the Rams. Uh, but that was not a pretty game, especially for the passing offense. But we got to look at that running back group. And the one guy that stood out was the guy that I've been talking about all season. He needs more carries. Rookie running back Cam Makers. He had nine carries for 84 rushing yards. And his first rushing touchdown one week after getting his first NFL touchdown, which was a receiving touchdown against Tampa Bay on Monday night. He averaged 9.3 yards per carry, and he had a long of 61 yards. He broke a beautiful run up the left side of the field and put the Rams in scoring range and actually capped off that drive with a touchdown of his own. And it was great to see. You know, this is a guy I've been talking about all season. He's got a lot of explosion. I mentioned it. He's got a lot of acceleration, a lot of tackle breaking ability. He's clearly the most talented running back from the running back group. And that's no disrespect to guys like Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown, who are good players too. But they just don't have the same natural talent that a guy like K-Makers oozes, in my opinion. And you've seen it. I mean, Daryl Henderson had 10 carries in this game for 19 yards. He was averaging 1.9 yards per carry. Uh, he, he lacks a little bit of vision that I want to see. And Malcolm Brown had three carries for four yards for an average of 1.3 yards per carry. And he fumbled as well in the first quarter I mean it was just ugly really ugly uh, from all of these guys then you look at K-Makers and he managed to separate himself in a very positive way and I'm happy he did and I think this is going to buy him more playing time moving forward and I expect that to be the case with Jared Goff struggling obviously the passing game did not have a very good contest as well you look at the receiver room and really you know nobody had a great game in that room you look at Robert Woods who led the way with his 12 targets he pulled in seven of those for 80 yards receiving but other than that, it was just not very pretty. I mean, Tyler Higby had one catch for six yards and had a drop. You know, Gerald Everett didn't do much. Malcolm Brown didn't do much. Josh Reynolds had five receptions for 40 yards receiving. But he had a deep pass that he could have very easily went to fight for and got a very easy pass interference call, in my opinion. And he just gave up on it. He didn't even go for the ball. Very strange. Uh, I don't know what the explanation was there, but that was not pretty. Cooper Cup targeted five times in this game. He only had two receptions for 41 yards. He didn't even register a catch in the first half. Very ugly. Not a good performance. Too many turnovers for the Rams. You look at Jared Goff throwing two interceptions, fumbling once. Malcolm Brown fumbling once. That's four turnovers for the Rams. And that just was not good enough. You look at Jared Goff getting sacked a couple of times. The running game faltering really from start to end. Other than that 61-yard rush from Akers, the running game was absolutely brutal. The offensive line did not open any holes whatsoever on the ground. And in terms of their pass, bro, I thought they were okay. I didn't think they were great. Uh, with that being said, you know, Jared Goff didn't exactly drop back a ton and, you know, throw the ball deep. But, you know, I thought their pass pro was fine. The issue was receivers weren't getting open. Jared Goff wasn't hitting guys when they were open. He was skittish. He was turning the ball over. And when he had plays presented in front of him, he just missed them like that Daryl Henderson touchdown up the sideline. So, it proved to just be one of those games where everything kind of goes wrong. Everything that can go wrong went wrong. And unfortunately for the Rams, it put together a very bad performance. Now, they only lost by three points because they were able to kind of start to get things going together in that late third quarter when the K-Makers run happened 
and they scored a touchdown on that drive. And then the next play, you know, Aaron Donald starts to come alive and he forces a fumble and the Rams scoop and score that. So that was kind of what sparked the whole thing there and allowed the Rams to come back in this game and make it a game and actually take the lead at one point, 20 to 17 in the fourth quarter. But again, the Rams couldn't hold on. They lose on a last second field goal from Robbie Gold. And that's just kind of how this game went. It was clearly not the Rams day. It was a very ugly performance and the Rams really need to clean things up moving forward. But coming up in just a moment, we're going to touch on the defensive side of the ball like I just touched on a second ago. Aaron Donald's forced fumble that was scooped and scored by cornerback Troy Hill. We're going to dive into all that stuff and how those guys did because they performed much better than the offense did. And while we've got you, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MVP and you can find the page at Locked On Rams. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. As you guys know, I like to get it in from home too, man. That incline on the treadmill is the undefeated cardio workout. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone. And one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome back to the second segment of this Monday edition of the Locked on Rams podcast. And coming up tomorrow, make sure to check back on Locked on Rams. When I talk about this game, I'm going to deep dive into the numbers and have all of the PFF numbers handy to help give us a better look and understanding of how this game really went for the Rams. But before the break, as I mentioned, we were going to dive into this defense and the performance of those guys under defensive coordinator Brandon Staley. And they did a relatively good job in this game. Now, you might look at the scoreline and wonder how the team surrendered 23 points. And you can immediately cross seven off that list with Jared Goff throwing a pick six, obviously. So the Rams defense, when you look at the optics, they didn't perform as bad as it kind of looked. And I think if you watch the game, you probably would have got a good feeling that, you know, they did actually very well. I felt like Troy Reader stepped in and he had a team high 15 tackles now. You know, he wasn't great. I would say he continued to be picked on a little bit in coverage here and there. But, you know, you look at the Niners, they only had 252 yards passing, which wasn't a ton, I guess, for Nick Mullins. You look at their ground game, and Raheem Mostert averaged 2.7 yards per carry. Jeff Wilson averaged 3.6 yards per carry. Really not resulting in much outside of the first drive where Raheem Mostert got a little bit on the ground uh, and scored a touchdown. You know, they really didn't do much there. The one player that the Rams had a lot of trouble covering was Debo Samuel, the receiver who had 13 targets. He pulled in 11 of those, four receptions for 133 yards receiving. And that was just way too much for the Rams defense to allow. The 49ers came into this game very banged up. Not many weapons on offense. Brandon Ayuk did not play. Tight end George Kittle did not play. I don't know how they did not have a better plan for a guy like Debo Samuel. Now, I have to mention that, you know, one of those 
plays, I believe was a roughly 50-yard gain on a slant that Darius Williams just missed ever so slightly on a pass deflection. And like I mentioned, you know, 50 or so of his yards came on that one play. But even with that, you know, being the case, the Rams needed to do more against Debo Samuel. He was breaking tackles all over the field. So much yardage after the catch for him. So much yardage before the catch. You know, he was productive on jet sweeps, all that kind of stuff. He had a 33-yard catching run on another jet sweep early in the game. So it was just disappointing to see the Rams not kind of come into this game with a better game plan for one of the very, very few and definitely the most dangerous player on the 49ers roster. Uh, But that was just kind of how the game unraveled. And, you know, I look at the defense and the Rams actually performed well. You know, Aaron Donald notched himself a sack. He got another strip on Raheem Mostert, like I mentioned before the break, that was scooped and scored by cornerback Troy Hill. And he played like a man possessed in this game. He was close to another two or three sacks. He drew or should have drawn, you know, another three or four holding calls and things like that. He was really taking the game over at one point. And that comes as no surprise. That's just how he plays, specifically against the 49ers. He typically has very good games against this team. And he stepped up in this one. And he wasn't the only one because all of the guys in the front seven, I felt like, did a very good job as a unit, stopping the run for sure. You know, the 49ers didn't really get much going on the ground game, specifically after that first drive. And I thought that, you know, they did a pretty good job at pressuring Nick Mullins. They nearly got another strip sack from Samson Ebukam that was originally ruled a strip sack, but it was overturned and called a forward pass. Um, You know, there was some good plays. Leonard Floyd was excellent at setting the edge as per usual. That's his role. That's what he does best. And he did it again today, you know, and then I look at certain guys like Sebastian Joseph Day, who was so good at stopping the run. He forced a fumble in this game. You look at Greg Gaines, who had a quarterback hit so good against the run. These guys were so stout up front against the run, man. They did a great, great job. And it's so nice to see that these backup guys like Sebastian Joseph Day, like Greg Gaines, are the guys that are stepping up. It's We're not even talking about Michael Brockers and, you know, Ashawn Robinson and guys like that. We're talking about the lesser-known players, day three draft picks, guys that are coming in off the bench, and they were playing late into this game, and you can tell why, because they were playing so great. Brandon Staley wanted those guys to remain in the game, and he kept giving them playing time because they had earned it, and it turned out so well for the Rams. And obviously, their run-stuffing efforts because that was what the 49ers came into this game wanting to do and what they pretty much always want to do, especially when they don't have their quarterback. And the Rams did a great job at stopping that. Raheem Mostert is a guy who's very, very dangerous. He's got such a good acceleration and speed and a second level that and second gear that many guys just don't have. And the Rams really never let him kind of get to that spot and put himself in a position to break a long one. So kudos to them for that. You know, then I look at the second level of the defense. I thought Kenny Young played a pretty good game. I thought Troy Reader was all right. Uh, And then I look at the secondary, and I think they probably deserve the most attention because I think John Johnson, the safety, is just outstanding. I think he's really taking another step forward in his career right now. I think he's getting close to being considered a superstar. In this game, he had seven tackles, but he had another two pass breakups and one pass deflection that he nearly intercepted. It was a dope diving grab that he just couldn't secure. It was a little bit out of his reach, and it would have been an incredible grab. I mean, it was borderline impossible almost to grab it, but so impressive, man. He's such a good player, and I really think he's taking the next step forward right now in his development as a potential superstar, and you know, you couldn't be happy for him with it being a contract season. This is a perfect time for him to be putting together 
such a strong year because you know he's going to get paid at the end of it. And that's great to see. So I'm really happy for that. But, you know, you look at the cornerback spots, and they weren't that great for the Rams. I mean, cornerback Jalen Ramsey didn't get to do much in this game. He was hardly called on. He only had two assisted tackles. And that very, very silly offside call at the end of the game that turned a 47-yard field goal attempt into a 42-yard field goal attempt for Robbie Gold, just making that game-winning kick easier. You look at Darius Williams, he only had two tackles in this game and one pass deflection, and he gave up that long 50-yard reception to Debo Samuel that put the 49ers in game-winning potential spot, and that's exactly what it did. And, you know, Darius Williams, for some reason, continued to rotate out of this game in favor of David Long. I don't know if that had something to do with injuries, and we'll make sure to kind of update you guys on, you know, on that moving forward later this week when we get an update, but that was very strange. That was something I noted. It was a lot more of Troy Hill out there, a lot more of David Long, like I mentioned, and a lot of Jalen Ramsey, obviously. But, you know, with that being said, I thought Troy Hill played a very good game. He was very solid in coverage. He had a scoop and score, uh, so that was great to see. He had seven combined tackles, and I don't believe that he really gave up any big plays in the passing game. I thought this was arguably his best game of the season, and that was great to see, especially with a guy like Williams coming in and out of the lineup. If that was due to injury, then it was great to see Troy Hill step up in his absence when, you know, he couldn't play. And a lot of this stuff was great. You know, you look at Jordan Fuller, who also had another interception off a batted pass from Aaron Donald very early to start the game. And you just got to give it up to these guys. Now, you know, they couldn't make the stop at the end to not allow the 49ers to get into field goal range and essentially win the game. But they did way more than enough for the Rams to win this game. They really did. The offense had so many opportunities. The defense kept it a game really the whole time through and they could have tapped out way earlier than than they did and you know they gave the Rams a shot and that was really all you could ask for and they continue to play good football and so you know I'm intrigued by this unit moving forward and that is part of the reason why I'm not exactly dreading this performance by the Rams because I do think that there were some positives to take out of it and some of that had to do with the special teams unit and that's exactly what we're going to be talking about in the final segment of this podcast when we return, I'm going to dive into kicker Matt Gay's performance as well as the rest of the special teams units in addition to the coaching staff and their performance in this one. Make sure to check back on Tuesday when I deep dive into this game with the PFF numbers and analytics available to help better describe what happened in this contest. The fitness industry is incredibly confusing and oversaturated with BS. I'd like to think that my word holds a lot of weight as I've lost 155 pounds over the last 24 months. With that being the case, I've been on the lookout for the perfect protein bar and I finally stumbled upon one called the Built Bar. You need to check them out. Built Bar is introducing two new flavors, the white chocolate cookies and cream and the white chocolate salted caramel beginning Thanksgiving Day and going throughout the holidays, as well as the white chocolate cherry sundae and the white chocolate coconut deluxe flavors available on Cyber Monday. With every item purchased, you get two free candy cane brownie bars. Go to BuiltBar.com and get 25% off for Black Friday. Plus, don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON to get additional savings. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back to the final segment of this post-game recap edition of the Locked On Rams podcast. Thank you guys for joining me once again. Like I mentioned before the break, man, we're going to dive into the special teams here. And I got to start with my guy, kicker Matt Gay. He went two for two on field goal attempts, both from 40 yards plus, one of which was a long of 48, and went two for two on his extra points. I don't think the Rams are going to be looking for a kicker much longer. It feels like Matt Gay has won the job, feels like a stable option for the Rams at this point. He's getting touchbacks off of kickoffs. He looks to be hitting the ball clean and confidently, and he looks to be the guy for the Rams. He seems to have a decent range and a strong leg. He seems to be pretty consistent. And I'm enjoying what I'm seeing from him so far. I think he's been by far the best kicker the Rams have had all season. Now, that's not saying all that much, but it does speak to his availability, his ability to just walk into the building and kind of take over the job. And convincingly, he looks to be that guy. I think he's won the job and he's most definitely earned the right to just keep kicking for the Rams, at least for the next few weeks, I think, while he kind of has this tryout live tryout so to speak with the Rams and I think it's worked out very well for the team and for Gay himself and so you look at that punting spot and Johnny Hecker had seven punts in this game he was very active unfortunately for the Rams with an average of 49 yards per punt three of which landed inside the 20 and a long of 62 and it was just typical Johnny Hecker he had a chance to have a punt downed inside the five yard line at the end of the game there to put the 49ers in a spot where they probably did not want to be and have to drive a very long way to try and score a game-winning field goal. But rookie wide receiver Van Jefferson couldn't grab the punt in time, unfortunately, and the ball dropped into the end zone just by way of his mistake, not because of Hecker. And it was a beautiful punt that could have very well put the Rams in a beautiful spot and potentially could have changed the outcome of this game, and it probably would have. But that is a hypothetical that we are not going to get into, unfortunately, because it was not a play made. But not due to Johnny Hecker's punting. He was great in this one. And lastly, we just got to touch on the coaching staff. I know head coach Sean McVay is catching a lot of flack for this contest. And I don't really share that conviction. Now, I do think there is something to be said about the struggles that he's had against San Francisco. And specifically, defensive coordinator Robert Sala, who has done a marvelous job against the Rams offense through you know two seasons now. But I just don't feel the need to really hammer the whole Sean McVay is losing it kind of thing here. You know, I think the Rams just had an off game, unfortunately. I don't think Jared Goff played a good game. I don't think the offensive line played a great game in terms of the running game. I don't think the running backs played well outside of K-Makers. And I thought you've seen some uncharacteristic mistakes from guys that you don't typically see it from, like Tyler Higby and so forth. And so it was just a bad game. And I think you got to chalk it up because sometimes these things happen and I'm not diving into it ready to jump off the boat yet the Rams are still seven and four sit in a good spot in a potential NFC playoff spot or positioning themselves to definitely be in it at the end of the season and I think that looking forward to next week against the Arizona Cardinals if the Rams can pull that win off I think a lot of fans are really going to forget about how bad of a performance this one was and just how quickly they're going to get back on the bandwagon so to speak in terms of how much ground can the Rams make up in this race for the NFC's top seed Rams Nation, that is all we got for you guys today on this post-game recap. Thank you once again for joining me. Make sure to check back on Tuesday when we deep dive into this contest with all the PFF numbers. We're going to break down position by position and see who played well and who did not play so well. 
And just a reminder, come connect with us on Twitter for all the coverage you need on the Los Angeles Rams. You can find me at QB's MVP, and you can find the page at Lockdown Rams. Please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.